0: Welcome to worst. Ever. Welcome
1: to worst ever podcast.
0: Welcome to worst ever podcast. I am your host Christine Lakin.
1: She's semi-host Christine Lakin, and I'm your host Ala Khaled.
0: Ugh. Today on the show we have my friend
1: and my friend too.
0: Sort of. He's really. He's really. He's my, my friend. friend through you. Mm, well, he's really. I feel like we're a lot closer. But anyway, right. um, Rory O'Malley.
1: You know him from Broadway's.
0: You know him from Broadway's Book of Mormon? Correct. um, In which he was, from which he was nominated for a Tony Award. That's right. We have a Tony nominee on our podcast. Correct. I feel like we're really jumping up some levels here.
1: I'm waiting for that Oscar nominee. I
0: just was looking, I was thinking if we got like a satellite award nominee (laughs) that we would be somewhere. But I mean a Tony nominee, God. He is also currently starring in the musical Hamilton? It's a little tiny thing. I think it's about history or something. I don't know if you've There's heard There's a lot of, of it. rapping. There's a lot of rapping. Yes, he's starring as King George in Hamilton, uh, was on Broadway, is now doing the tour. Correct. Very exciting. You might also know him from Partners, which was a show he was on with Kelsey Grammer for a while.
1: That's right.
0: But I know Rory from way back in the day, back when we were just two hopeful kids at the Falcon Theater in Burbank. And we're going to get into this and a lot of other funny stories um, about kind of our youth.
1: And unfortunately, I'm not even in the room for this.
0: No, I think fortunately, <laughs> you were not in the room Unfortunately,
1: for this. I'm in Chicago. I
0: have to say, I kind of feel like it was almost better this way because, you know, A, you didn't eat my food, uh, and B, we could cut you out. Like, we just put you on mute sometimes. That's weird, because that.
1: I put you on mute a lot of times while I was ordering vodka sodas.
0: Ugh, so many vodka sodas. I'm really sorry. To our listeners, I apologize right now. He's drunk and more annoying than usual. All
1: right, let's Enjoy get the to podcast. Rory. Yeah. Enjoy the Yeah, well.
0: The worst moments of our life.
1: Hey, girl, hey, that's bad.
0: Uh, so speaking of, like, worst ever experiences. That is the
1: worst ever.
0: I don't feel so bad. And that was my worst.
1: <laughs> <I didn't laughs> it. How bad can I be?
0: <laughs> and we feel the pain is best served funny.
2: Will you order me another cocktail? It's a Tito Soda Lime.
3: Thank you. Who's he talking to?
0: Who, are you at the hotel bar? I am. Ugh. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. You are Thank listening you. to Worst Ever Podcast. My name is Christine Lakin. And I'm
2: Allah Khaled.
0: He is currently via satellite from Chicago. Via satellite. At a bar where he's ordering Tito's and Lime at 3 in the afternoon.
2: Tito's and soda with okay. lime.
0: great. Um, we're doing something a little different this week. Uh, uh, Allah had to be in Chicago, so we are attempting to do this via satellite. He's very That's excited correct. about it. Um, but mm-hmm. I am actually in person, in studio, with, as always, Stephen Ray Morris, and the lovely, the talented, the amazing, and my friend, Rory O'Malley.
3: Hi! Hi, Rory.
0: Thank you Rory, so much I'm for so being upset. here. I'm so upset. I don't
3: see you in person. I'm I, sad. I know. Well, you, you, when you get back, we'll hang out.
0: Um. So for those of you who maybe aren't Broadway fans, I'm going to tell you and brag a little bit about my friend Rory. Rory and I met here in California. Um, we were in a theater company together, the Troubadour Theater Company, That's right? And we also did Happy Days, the musical, for Gary Marshall. I played Joni Cunningham.
3: Genius. And I was Richie. So
0: we were brother and sister on yes. stage. It was very cute. And then Rory left L.A. and went to pursue bigger dreams in New York. And I remember at the time you had a manager <laughs> who literally said, what are you going to do in New York? They're starving in the streets or she, something like she that. She said,
3: New York? My God god they're starving in new york
0: what can you what are you going to do there because you're like i'm a theater actor and i what am i doing in los angeles i was like i
3: literally just do theater in la it's really fun
0: starving in los angeles i
3: I hear they pay for it in other places i i think i'm gonna move to new york and uh within six months i was in spelling bee on broadway um and it, it was, was she taking
0: commission from that? Uh
3: no, <laughs> she wasn't because she literally ended her relationship with me uh because I moved to New York.
0: And you were gonna be starving and she could have no part in that. Right. And right. then from Spelling Bee, you started doing Rory, did you
2: find it much different auditioning wise in New York than LA?
3: Yeah. No, it's it's very different in New York, especially New York theater, because you, you know, there's cattle calls. In a way that L.A. maybe for some commercials has, but like for Broadway shows, the cattle calls are like a hundred people at 7 a.m. trying to get into an audition, and they have 16 or 32 measures that they um, that they have to like do in front of a casting director and and figure out if if they're good enough to be in the show, and so you have people waiting outside the building just to get into the audition room at like 6 a.m. Um, it's it's crazy. I remember my first audition in New York. I was so horrible that, uh, you know, I was waiting for hours outside the audition room. I get in there. I sing the song. It was for Hairspray on Broadway. I was like, I'm going to show up and be in this show. And I sang and the casting director went, Wow, that was loud. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and I said, "Thank you. <laughs> Bye now."
0: Bye now. And I
3: did not get to be in hairspray.
0: But you you did get cast in some workshops for a yes. new musical. Mm. And at the time, like Sorry, it's my dog. At the time, were you like, this is, I mean, it was a pretty big workshop, obviously, with the creators. Do you want to tell people what it was?
3: Yeah, I was sitting at my temp job uh, at a financial firm. I, I was sitting at my desk and my agent in New York called and said that the writers of South Park were working on a new musical and nobody knew what it was about. But I knew what it was about because my, when I when i moved from la to new york i stopped in utah where my cousin lives and my cousin danny who's in real estate not in the business said dude when you get to new york you gotta look into this mormon musical i read about on the internet he did He 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 printed out a piece of paper he was like This is the guys who write South Park, Matt and Trey. They're writing this musical about Mormons. You'd be perfect for it, dude.
0: I was like, okay,
3: Danny. Well, you don't like get through the Lincoln Tunnel and say, (laughs) I would like to be in this musical. Thank you. Right. And a year later, after being, you know, a a temp at this financial firm, my agent calls and says that Matt and Trey are writing a new musical. It's Top Secret. And uh, I was had been asked to be a part of the ensemble with no other qualifications other than the fact that I could sing and I was the whitest person who ever walked
2: the planet. <laughs> so but how looked- did they know you how do they know you?
3: Well, because of a bunch of those failed cattle call auditions, I went into uh, Carrie Gardner who worked who was the mm-hmm. casting director for Mormon and was the casting director for The Roundabout. I had auditioned and not gotten the part many, many times for a year.
0: Worst auditions ever.
3: Yes. And then
0: they basically turned into Yeah. a hey would you come like do this reading thing. Yeah. Where you get paid for for those of you who've never done a musical reading, I've done yeah. lots of them. Yeah. um where the musicals haven't actually gone to Broadway. <laughs> right. Me but too. yeah, this is and the one. You get it's like a stipend. They give you a mm-hmm. stipend and it's usually two or three weeks and you work on it and then yeah. you put it up and investors come to a little space and You do it very bare bones, and then it's to try to get money, right? To do the show. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: And so this was. They basically basically use you to sell their musical.
0: Right. And there's no guarantee that you'll ever move on with the show.
3: No. No. no, Usually you don't. the, the, The thing is that I never technically auditioned for the Book of Mormon. However, there was a three year process of writing it, which were three readings and two workshops, which were. Let's face it, those were the auditions. Right. You know, if they didn't want me to do it, they wouldn't ask me to come back. So it was n- not an audition, but it was also the most intense. strenuous, intense audition of my life that yeah. lasted three years
0: and then you sang um you sang a really pivotal song in that show. um I'm sure a lot of people would remember this, no matter what incarnation of the Book of Mormon you have seen, but you originated the role on Broadway. And yes. saying the song, Turn, it, Turn off. it Off. Yes. Which is so funny. And yeah. I mean, yeah. Elder
3: McKinley. When I, 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 when I started with the show, I was in the ensemble and uh, I had one bit in the opening number, Hello, where I just kept hitting the doorbell passive aggressively mm-hmm. as a passive aggressive Mormon. <laughs> and they were like, oh, that kid's funny. And let's give him a line in the next reading. Let's oh. make him the head of the, the mission. And so the next time we did a reading, all of a sudden I had this little scene, and then the next reading, all of a sudden there was a song there called "Turn It Off," and then the workshop the next time there was a verse in "Turn It Off" where my character was a openly closeted gay man, right, who was like, "It's okay that you're gay, just turn it off," right. You know? and- wow,
0: I didn't realize that that was. I mean, that really came about because they started writing for you pretty much because yeah, no, they it, liked you and they were like, oh, that that's another funny
3: character. It was line wow. by line. Did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Well, it that's just awesome. shows. It just
2: shows also that like that these writers are TV writers because that's what they do a lot with television is right. they write so for the true. actors. And that's very strange on Broadway, I would assume. Oh, they no, sort
3: of it, write... let me tell you, yeah. as much as we knew that these were geniuses working, we would come back from a hiatus of like six months after the last reading We'd get into the room and we'd be so excited to see the rewrites and to be like, what did they come up with next? And we'd get the material and there would literally not be one change. And we'd be like, <laughs> oh no, they didn't do any work. And then they would be, Matt, Trey, and Bobby would be in a room next door. And while we relearned all the stuff that we had done six months before, they were writing,
0: like revising. I believe.
3: They were doing something because... And then they would come out and show us after a day of writing the funniest song we'd ever heard, you know? Wow. And and was like, that's not how it's done on Broadway. On Broadway, it's like, oh, it takes all these months. But for these TV writers, they're used to producing an episode in five days.
0: Oh, and that's how they do South Park. Too. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like
3: they don't. That's just how it's done for them.
0: That apparently is one of the. Um, shortest amount of times. I mean, they're they're writing and yeah. recording those episodes and animating. Their animation is obviously a little more crude. Yeah, but it is such a short turnaround where it's unheard of. I mean, yeah. Family Guy, you'll do an episode, record, and you won't see it on air for eight, nine, twelve
3: months. Yeah.
0: And there's this like something crazy, like eight. Weeks. Have you ever done a
2: South Park episode, Corey?
3: I've done a few. Yeah, yeah, and I and I basically just hang out there whenever I'm. Um, whenever i can they don't they don't film for very long it's just like september to yeah. through december now um but i i just go hang out watch trey do the voice matt and trey do doing the voices in the in the studio is That's probably so one cool. of the coolest things ever um and i've gotten to do a, a couple of characters when trey will literally be like oh rory's here let's have him do this you know and cool um yeah i've i've Sang a few times. Um, awesome. I think who, I, I was a couple of different characters, but I did. I got shot in the head once. It was great. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it's literally the next day. Yeah, it, it's 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 insane. Wow, how fast they they move, which is why they're so topical.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. And Speaking why of pretty- shot
3: in the head.
2: Sorry, uh, I'm in Chicago. I, I told you briefly, uh, but um, on every door here, like when you enter a building, there's a picture. <laughs> That has a gun with the circle and the cross over it, saying "No guns allowed." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I
3: just
2: thought that was interesting.
3: Well, uh, that, because they are having the worst ever with uh, guns yeah, in Chicago. No, it's not great. But yeah. I just was like, it was at the airport. I was like, are that's they weird. Old signs and I
0: just, like from the mob days or what? I'm
2: gonna take know. no. I'm gonna take a picture of it. It's like literally a pistol.
3: Okay. Yeah, because there's so much gun violence in Chicago right now. Well, I was Jeez. just
2: cracking up because I thought I saw it at the airport, I was like, okay, well that's kind of weird. And then I walked I got to my hotel and right outside the hotel door, same thing. Then I walked to this like restaurant, same thing. I was like, what the hell is happening here?
3: Wow. But you know yeah, how in I'm LA they my have life.
2: I'm scared for my life.
3: They have letters outside restaurants no and cell phones. Uh, in Chicago, it's uh. if you're allowed to bring your gun or not. <laughs> right.
0: Um, so I want to get back so you you did all of these readings. They basically wrote a song for you. You opened the show on Broadway. Yeah. And then nine months, a year later, you were nominated for a Tony.
3: Right. Well, it actually it it actually happened even faster than that because we opened March twenty fourth oh. and the nominations came out right. six weeks later. Oh my God. So I this is the thing, is that I started that journey as a part of the ensemble and really when we opened was when I realized like, oh, you're a principal in the show because the writing had been done. It was, this is what the show is. And I realized I was a supporting character. So when I was nominated for a Tony, I didn't even really think I was eligible. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like the the people like, you know, oh, sure, you were shocked. Yes, I, I did not realize that that was in the realm of possibility.
0: You know who was really shocked? Your old manager.
3: Who, she, who you, did she call who are you? you?
0: Was she like, listen, you we should better rethink believe about this partnership? She
3: called me. Yes. I did not hear for her, from her for years. And then all of a sudden, I get nominated for a Tony, and she called and wanted to have a conversation with me. And she's one of those people <laughs> who I know she's not going to listen to this podcast because she was she didn't have email. On oh, okay. have, you know, you know she, she's not she faxed yeah. fax you things she faxed me things <laughs> I'm not kidding oh I, I we I could do a whole hour on on that manager and Christine oh, knows God. it um but she called and and she left this whole message and she she start you know she's one of those people that would leave a message and it's like they're having a conversation with somebody else and you called them. Oh Do you know what I mean? God. Like, like, I like I'm bothering her by letting my voicemail record this conversation that she's been having. And she had a full conversation with me. And I didn't call her back. And I felt I fe- I, I had to talk with with uh, my husband about it. And I said, I don't know if I can let this woman get wrapped up in my life. again. I don't
0: Yeah, you I mean, know, she kind of she made it very clear that you were Going to starve in the streets of New York, right. and she was she was washing right. her hands of you. Yeah,
3: yeah. And I then had, you know, and I had to like, I actually. I mean, had she to, pretty much said
2: you were going to live in the gutter. She yeah. did. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and she used to when when I lived in L.A. before I moved to New York, she would we would go to to dinner and and to movies, and she would it would be like these long nights, and I realized we we were just friends, and I am actually <laughs> I am very grateful to her. To be honest, because she got me my first job at the Falcon. Like the reason that I know you, yeah, is because I I had a, a manager who sent me out on auditions, and I didn't know what I was doing in L.A.
0: Well, and Rory, like I said, Rory and I we got to be really close when we did Happy Days the musical, and um, it was actually it was such a blast. Joey McIntyre for yeah. those of you who watch Hollywood Darlings. And maybe Return of the Mac. Joey McIntyre was our Fonzie in one of these incarnations. That which
3: is that really like I I had to double check that that was happening. That you had a show and, and then Joey had a had show. A show. Isn't I it was it funny? Like, well, what are our parents from Happy Days doing after <laughs> that? Oh, next... I just saw
0: Fred Applegate. He was you he did. plays um, Pete Holmes's
3: father on yes. Crashing. Yes, yes, I saw that. I saw um,
0: that. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a small small world. Yeah, uh, but there was a moment so. I have to tell this story because it was one of the funniest things that has ever happened to me on stage. And, you know, live theater is just ripe when something goes wrong. Oh boy, does it go totally wrong. Yeah. Um, so there was a jukebox, basically this large jukebox set and
3: it was like the band was on top of it. It yep. was like the
0: band was on top of the jukebox. The jukebox had these doors that would open and close through various parts of the show. And there was, um, a, a counter, uh, sort of like a diner, a dinette. And it would get pushed in and out for various scenes. So the top of the show... For Arnold's. For Arnold's. The top of the show, the the doors are closed and the overture is playing. And they decided to use a hazer. They were going to introduce a hazer into the show. And so we're all backstage getting (laughs) ready to, you know, Sunday, Monday, happy days. And the, the, the jukebox doors open and we we out in our 50s gear and we're Sunday, Monday, and we're doing all of our, yeah. you know, Lindy hop steps and there's haze and it's beautiful. Welcome
3: right? to Wisconsin, everyone. Welcome to everyone. Wisconsin,
0: exactly. So the doors are closed. They decided to use this hazer. It was one night that the hazer malfunctioned and started way too early. Mm-hmm. and
3: We're all in there.
0: It was becoming like Locked a hot in. box. Locked in. In this jukebox backstage. like it We're was, being
3: gassed like...
0: It was so smoky.
3: It was. I
0: couldn't see anyone. We we're all we like, couldn't. We could not
3: we could not see each other. We start, and it's. It wasn't funny. We were like starting like, to oh, panic. No. Like, oh, oh my oh, god, no. oh, god. I, can't I can't breathe. It's the start of the show, and we're in this little confined box, this jukebox, <laughs> getting gassed, and and we're like, it's gonna be okay. Oh, so finally the cue happens, the doors open, and the entire cast runs for their life. Onto the stage. Like the That's front. the start of the show. there's
0: smoke. Just a bill And this is a
3: 130-seat theater. The entire the whole theater, whole the Falcon. The audience is,
0: is gas Everything is... It's so... We're fanning.
3: It's we're, about the fog now. It's awful. The fog came into Milwaukee. Yeah. And it... it it took lives.
0: But then I can't stop laughing because it's just the dumbest thing that's ever happened. And I'm looking at Rory and we're all just trying to sing and get through the song. Everyone's and laughing. I am, I am crying. There are tears in my eyes. And, and I just I'm, remember looking, Rory looking at me and you had to sing
3: something. I had to sing the whole opening. <laughs> I was the jerk playing Richie who had to be like, Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is my sister. Here's my parents. Here's my girlfriend. And then here is the Fonz. So like everyone else is just kind of like all the exposition. laughing. Nobody was even looking at the audience. They were all looking upstage because they couldn't conceal their laughter. Well, I am, it looks like I'm sobbing because I'm laughing so hard on the inside that oh I just start God. crying. You know, like when you can't laugh. So you just start crying.
2: How long does it, how long does it take for this
0: month to clear? Oh, God, it oh. wasn't, it was into, like, the third intermission. Song, I think. Intermission yeah, is really when bad. it was, when oh it was gone. Gosh. It was hilarious to us, though. But we would do all these things to each other. Like, you know, there was one point, like, Rory would have to, like, lean over the dinette at Arnold's, and I had to, like, stand right behind him or, like, perch on the side. And we would be, like, poking each other in the butt. And, just. I mean, you know, it's all the things you do on stage when you're into a show and you just start, like, you know, having a lot of fun with each other. Yeah. We had a blast. Oh my God. That. We
3: had so much fun. It was,
0: it was really fun. Um, so then, okay, let's get back to you. Um, so you, you get this Tony nomination. Right. You're ecstatic, surprised. Mm-hmm. And Wait, then all hold the, on a all the I'm, toniness I'm, I'm, starts to happen.
3: Yeah.
2: Right. Who are you up against, by the way?
3: Um, I was up against, I mean, I was up against, uh, two, uh, wonderful actors from the Scottsboro Boys. Uh, which had which had closed. I was up against an actor in Anything Goes, and I was up against John Larroquette from Night Court, who oh. was in How to Succeed in Business without Really Trying with Daniel Radcliffe.
0: Right. Okay. So you're thinking. So when this all well, first happening... of
3: all, when I found out that day, I called my mom to tell her in Cleveland mm-hmm. at her at her work at her accounting job where she's, you know, not a part of the business. Yep. She has nothing. I told her, and she said. Oh my God. Are you sure? How, how do you know? Well, don't tell anyone until we verify it. She was like so floored that this had happened. She just wanted to get more sources to confirm it yeah. because, because she, your
2: mom thought you're going to live in the gutter as well.
3: Absolutely. Oh, my mom yeah. would, you know, that ship had already sailed. She had, she yeah. had raised a son to never be able to feed himself. Um, and no, yeah. It, so yeah, it was crazy. It just was so unexpected. And the show was just kind of swept up and had been nominated for like 14 awards. And yeah, it was
0: that song was so pivotal. I mean, you, it's crazy that from, you know, well, it's not really, it makes perfect sense that from Book of Mormon to base having them base kind of write that song for you to now, for those of you who don't know, Rory plays the king in Hamilton. Yes. And is so funny and is maybe on stage for all of a combined. Twenty, 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah,
3: nine and a half is the king, and then I come in at the end as a uh, part of the the ensemble, and I call that character Lloyd. And. <laughs> I've given him a backstory.
2: I wish I knew uh, all these characters you're talking about because I can't get a ticket.
0: Well, yeah, that's the thing. Who can? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I g- I was very fortunate to see Rory do this in New York before you left the New, yeah. the New York cast and now he's on tour. Yeah, but we're coming to L.A. Again, You'll see him in L.A. Coming to L.A. Once again, like, the show is so incredible and so funny and and, and wonderful. Um, And you are the highlight I mean you are such a highlight you need you uh, you need comedic relief and I well, think listen, that's why you're, he, you're so memorable in it
2: and, and Rory you're obviously a comedic genius when it comes to musicality and everything I mean just you have that you you, you know what you're doing on stage obviously it's like amazing Thank and you. I, I read an article saying that you did Bell <laughs> and I'll, okay so what was that okay and how did that happen
3: Oh, well, I've been working on that since I was um, 11. Um, I uh, was obsessed with Beauty and the Beast. And the opening number of Beauty and the Beast was just like the most glorious, wonderful thing to me ever. And I remember my mom taking me and my cousin Katie to see it at Westgate Mall. I remember what it made me feel like. I remember...
0: Seeing it for the first time, too. Yeah, Very no, visceral. It, to it me. was,
3: it, it, it changed my life. And that opening number was, you know, it, it just was astounding to me. So I was an only child in Cleveland. I used to, I had no friends. Um, I was just, you know, a pasty, husky, gay boy uh, who, who sang musicals by himself in his basement. So I would have to play all the parts. So I uh, did every character. In Beauty and the Beast, the opening number. That's Bell. amazing. Yeah, and I, I've I've realized that that's really stayed with me. So I've I, I've performed that. Um, you can find that on YouTube. I'm, oh my I'm gosh, sure.
0: we need we'll put that link up. No, yeah.
3: it's genius. It, the whole thing is genius. And so like you go to the producers of uh, it was
2: some event. I forgive me, I can't remember. For, it was what for it was. the Covenant
3: House, yeah.
2: Okay, so yeah, so for Covenant House, and then you say I'm gonna do Belle, like I'm gonna do the opening number. <laughs> Well, and I'm playing all the characters. I okay, mean, like, yes. How no, to... they
3: thought I was insane. Um what, yeah. <laughs> what happened was is that they wanted me to sing "You'll Be Back," the song from Hamilton, and it was like during the Tonys for Hamilton, so they we couldn't really get permission because they wanted to keep everything on the stage and not have any you know other performances of it off the stage. And uh, I said, "Well, I do have this other idea.
0: Do you have this ditty <laughs> that I perform in." <laughs> my basement.
3: Yeah. And they literally thought I was crazy, which I I am. So they were right. Um, but it was a childhood dream come true and I got to sing it with a full orchestra. It was Oh it was my god, glorious. that's amazing. Oh yeah. It was so much fun. I mean
0: it really is. It's like coming full circle. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's get back to the Tonys. Keep talking about this. Yeah. Um, so you're having all the Tony stuff happen. And it's like yeah. a whirlwind. There's luncheons and photo shoots. Yes, and a lot of
3: dry cleaning.
0: So much dry cleaning, uh, so many outfits. Yes. And then you get to the night of the Tonys. Yeah. And you're there and you go with Gerald. Yeah. And you're sitting there. Is Now, what's going through your head? Are you thinking to yourself, are you starting to hype yourself and be like, actually, I might have a shot? I mean. Or were you still like, are are they sure?
3: <laughs> the, to, to be honest, like, what you're thinking is, oh my god, I will throw up if I have to get up there, get up there and say something on national television because it's so surreal, yeah, that like you start to just really, uh, at least for me, I just really did not want to win, and I don't mean that like I didn't want to win. Of course, I wanted to win a Tony. You but didn't I want to have did to not, accept. You know, like the award. yeah, like in that moment, you are just like, oh Terrifying. my god, I will. This is horrifying and you go and you think this can't be the Tonys. i'm here right I, this has got to be the pretend Tonys. like there's another tony somewhere else and they they like like somebody's making fun of me um but what was great is that you know my mom was there um i had a whole bunch of friends who who came to the city and it kind of became about that rather than just yeah. the awards yeah um,
2: well also okay importantly where are you guys sitting because that's like it tells a lot
0: like where this yeah if you're in the like, middle of that row, you're probably not winning you're, yeah you, you got to be on no on i was
3: on um i was sitting right in front of josh gad um it was like andrew rannells oh then me on the aisle and and then uh we were all on the aisle but it was oh. like andrew in front of me that and then josh behind me and then nikki was three or four rows behind us, oh. and she's the one who won. So, so um, I don't know. I don't. Whoever plans that doesn't really know who's gonna win. I oh, don't then think. forget it. It's, it's like basically who they think maybe, but Got she's it. the one who won. And when when Nikki won, I I don't remember a more exciting moment of Mormon than that moment mm-hmm. because it was about her and it was so thrilling and she gave this beautiful speech and then I think my category was like one or two after that mm-hmm. and my mom was up in the balcony because okay. you, you basically like have to pay thousands of dollars if you want more than your one right. guest right which was my husband Gerald who was my boyfriend at the time but I knew I needed him next to me and yeah. I was right because um when they they announced my category Brooke Shields uh presented <laughs> It's very fresh in my mind. Um, she, I love
2: her furniture.
3: Yes, um, so wonderful. Uh, great glasses too. Um, she, uh, she said John Laroquette, and the camera that was on me started <laughs> physically coming closer and closer to me. And you know, I'm putting on my smile face and clapping, and the cameraman just keeps zooming in closer and closer i was like i'm happy i i don't I, i'm thrilled for this man like i didn't know why here it was just because he was trying to get out of someone's way but oh. i literally thought they were like you lost <laughs> now show us your gratitude you know like i was like we're gonna Freaking. get
0: it out of you you're really upset yeah. aren't yeah. you yeah
3: yeah like i was like i, I better not crack you know i better and God, you're just funny. You, you don't even know what you're thinking but yeah. at that moment you know It's the end of something. Yeah. You know, like you, you've gone through a lot of these things. I've already lost him at the drama desks, you know, like you go through all the, like you, you go through a lot of these little hurdles very, very quickly. And it's a wonderful experience, but it's not just that you lost. It's like, that's over. Yeah. That is the last moment of. That What's going to come from this? Right. And, uh, you know, for the rest of the show, you're just kind of like soaking that in mm-hmm. and letting and being like, okay, you know, I made the most of this moment. and I'm proud of myself. But I was so glad that Gerald, my husband, was sitting next to me and not my mom because my mom would have been like, it's okay, honey. Oh. You know, I'm proud of you. Oh, you God. win the Tony of my heart. And, you know, like right, things like right. that, like yeah. what moms are supposed to say. Right. Whereas Gerald turned to me and said, I'm sorry, but I don't date losers. <laughs> 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 and literally that's when I knew I had to marry him. Yeah. Because he's not an actor, he's not a performer. And he it's the perfect it's the perfect story of 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 an example of why our relationship works and why he keeps me grounded. Yeah is that in that moment. He was like, like, "You're at the Tony Awards, buddy. Yeah. Make sure you get over yourself,
0: you know, real like, quick. Yeah. Because like, there's probably a shrimp buffet in our yeah, future.
3: Yeah. And I think that he knew, like, of course, if you if you are excited about something that you've dreamt about your whole life, mm-hmm. you're there. You want to have the most of that experience. Of course, you want to win. But he never let me
0: be like, sad about not winning. Yeah. yeah.
3: For a second, literally, yeah. not for a second.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, I, I'm going to make you sad a little bit. You should have
3: won, it.: <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. But luckily, I saw Mr. John Larroquette perform in How to Succeed, and he was phenomenal. So. Well,
0: I feel like that, and that really kind of lessens the blow. You know, if you if you're up for a role or up for an award, yeah, and then you don't win, but then you see the performance of the person who does, yes. and you're like, oh, but they are quite good. Oh, okay. yeah. I'm really That's happy to bullshit. be in that company. No, I feel that way. <laughs> but if they're bad, then I get real. No. Oh, yeah. It's like, no, come on. No,
2: here's here's how I look at it. He came from a zero role, literally help create the role just by being who he is. He gets nominated for a Tony and then they fucking bust his balls and he loses.
3: (laughs) They're busting my balls.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, you know,
2: you're going to have to, you're going to have to get a Tony out of at some point. It's going to make me nuts.
3: Look, I, at at this point, like I got to be the Um, King out of it. And, uh, that is a, that's to me, that's reward enough. So
2: is this a tour or what are you on? Like,
3: yeah, I was I did it in New York for the last year. So you took over for Jonathan Groff? I took over for Jonathan Groff. I was the first person to come into the original cast. And it, that was that's a whole other story. Oh man. Um because I was doing another Broadway show that that fell apart 3 weeks into rehearsals. And uh That was the
0: Nerds show, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, that that might be the the worst Broadway story ever.
0: So wait, go tell us a little about that.
3: Because I was doing this this new musical. I was living in LA. Right. Right. You were pregnant at the time. Yep. And I got- You guys had
0: decided to move back here.
3: Yes. We were, Gerald and I got married. We were, you know, we're like family track. Let's get more space. Live in Los Angeles. And uh, I got this email. I was sitting in a Starbucks with Josh Gad and it said, you are going, uh, there's an offer for you to play Bill Gates in a new musical comedy called Nerds. And I was like, what is this? And Josh was like, I read about it. You have to do it. So- I All of a sudden, a month or two after really settling down in Los Angeles, my husband, a real person, has a job. I go to, to New York to start rehearsals for this new Broadway musical that was opening the same season as Hamilton. We're three weeks into rehearsal, and the lead producer walks in and says, everyone, go home. An investor dropped out. We will not be opening on Broadway this season. And it was a, it was an episode of Smash.
0: fully and like how many more weeks did you have until open we were
3: going to be moving we were going to be moving into the theater like a week later
0: oh wow
3: we were when that producer walked in and said that we had just finished staging the finale where we were singing live your dreams oh hi producer what are you doing here and no then he way. ruined our dreams.
0: Go and pack. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it, it was crazy, but what happened was, is it, it it sucked. It was awful, and and not like it was sad for me, but you know the writers, the people. Is who this Revenge
2: it, of the Nerds or just Nerds? No, no it's nerds. about Bill it Gates. It was
3: about Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. Oh. And it, was, it was this like over the top fun like really zany musical and did
0: you get any inclination before that like ooh, there's some hurdles or it just all seemed like normal yes
3: but it's yes absolutely however i really felt like there was a marquee i i felt like it was happening so quickly that things were being thrown together Mm -hmm. so i had i had a feeling that we might not be lasting as long as phantom of the opera. Uh-huh. But I didn't see it actually opened. No. Right? No. no. Oh no. Which they is, were oh.
0: a week from going into the theater. Yeah.
3: I I literally lived they put me up across the street from the theater and I watched the theater get loaded in every day with the set. Oh, so wow. like why would I think oh this isn't going to even get to opening night cuz right. millions and millions of dollars have been put into I, so they're I,
2: loading in the tr- they're loading into the theater.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no no it was it, they were putting the the set together. I went in, we you know like picked out a dressing room, was ready to go and uh What couple, theater are you in by the way? It was the Long Acre on 48th.
0: Okay. And so everyone's upset obviously. The yes. writers and in the cast were you kind mm-hmm. of like, "Oh my god, I just moved back to New York. Well, I guess I'm well, I guess I'm going back to LA."
3: Yeah, that that, that I mean, I was totally disappointed because you know it was very exciting and, of and but i felt more how like
0: was
2: how was the material though
3: it was great it was a lot of fun and i would have had probably like it was um for me probably like the most fun i would have had on a stage you know wow. i mean was it gonna win the tony no i don't think the the season of hamilton it was gonna win the tony but i think that it would have stand stood out uh, the season of, of Hamilton. Um, so I, you know, it was, it was going to be a lot of fun. And so it was, you know, it's a bummer, but honestly, I wasn't too upset for me. I was just bummed out for everybody else. I felt yeah. more like a grief counselor, right, you know, right. I was like, it's going to be okay.
0: This happens. This guys. happens. And then but I was is like,
3: this, oh, is this normal? I
2: mean, you say it happens.
3: No, right? it does not. no, It like, does not happen. when You're at that far.
2: Far along in the production, in the sense of like we're loading in set, and they're spending—I'm assuming—millions of dollars.
3: I—I—I'm assuming they lost at least five million to ten million. I mean, I'm just throwing out numbers. And and,
2: and just so the audience knows, Broadway shows don't happen overnight. It's like a six-year process.
3: This was being worked on for ten years. It had been done in Philadelphia and other other cities. And what happened was is Allegiance was it, with George Takai and um, yes, it was happening. I listened to Howard Stern, so yeah, I, I know the Allegiance go. very well. Yeah, yeah, and it closed abruptly. And so The right. Long Acre was open before Tony season, so the producers who had this show that had been in, you know, in the works for a long time jumped at the chance, and so they basically threw it together. Got it. Including emailing me and offering me a part, and so showed up and... Um, that's basically the story i don't know what happened behind the scenes you know but clearly there was not enough money there so i was sad but i didn't really it wasn't i wasn't fully invested in it i only knew that it was there for like a month Mm -hmm. and then um i ended up going back to la and i told my husband like all right well get me pregnant because Mm -hmm. (laughs) clearly clearly you know broadway's done with me but what had happened was is that right before I came back, the director, uh, Casey Hushin, who is an amazing person and wonderful director, she said, you know what, just for us, let's run through the show in its entirety, what we've worked on for the last three weeks for ourselves. And we'll invite, you know, people who worked on the show, designers, and, you know, we Kinda need to... Kind of give you guys yeah a
0: run. Yes. Yeah. Well,
3: just to be able to say goodbye to it and somehow yeah. some closure instead sure. of literally what we were told, like, just leave. Right. It's like, no, we came back the next day. We grieved. And uh, we were able to run through the show. So we run through the show, and then I went back to LA, and two days later, my agent called and said... But
2: hold on, hold on, stop. I'm yeah. sorry. You run through the show in front of an audience?
3: We ran through the show for ourselves. So Okay, been, but,
2: but, okay. I, I, I have a question. I, yeah. I just need to know. What, do we know why it didn't happen?
3: No. They didn't have the money. So like an investor dropped out or something. But oh, I don't really know. Okay, so, okay. you know, at the end of the day, they just didn't have the money. Maybe somebody that he thought was going to give him a certain amount of money fell through. It just didn't happen. So somebody messed up. That's basically it. what it is at the end of the day, but we don't know the full story and I don't really care to find out. <laughs> I want to, so
2: I want to Nancy grace this.
3: Yeah. You go for out. it, but don't tell me about it. It's not. I don't want to know. <laughs> but, but, um, so what happened was is that we, we, we did this run through and then I went back to LA and I was like, all right, Gerald, get me pregnant. I don't care about Broadway anymore. And, um, my agent called two days after I got back and said, Rory, would you consider going back to Broadway? And I said, Oh, no, I don't think so. I'm so heartbroken after what just happened. I don't think I could do it. Mm -hmm. And she said, Well, what if it's for the king in Hamilton? (laughs) And I said, I'm at LAX. I'm on the red eye. Um, (laughs) And she said, Do you need to talk with your husband? And I said, no, I'll text him. I'll text him when I get Had there. Have you
2: seen the show at that point?
3: I saw the show off-Broadway at The Public and knew it was the greatest thing oh, I'd wow. ever seen. Oh,
2: saw it? Oh, okay. I went wow. to college you with
3: Leslie it? Odom, who won the Tony for playing Burr. So he got me tickets in at, when it was at The Public. And I, I truly thought it was the greatest piece of theater I'd ever seen. And I saw Brian Garcia James. I would know because I
2: can't get a ticket.
3: I know. One day. One, one day. day. All
2: right. One day. Um, i'll see a, i'll see a high school production once it's released
3: Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh yeah i i saw brian darcy james play the king and i was like oh man one day i want to play the king and it just so happens that the casting director for nerds is the casting director for hamilton oh, and oh she was chills. in That's so that great. room when we did that run through she was in the room and oh, she's kidding. the one who called my agent so the
0: room where it happened yeah
3: yeah yeah so um it, it's this crazy. Is, uh, this seems to be your story. It's like it's. A, I my career is one big accident. It's it's hundred percent. Steven's writing that one down. Yeah, it's
2: just so funny because it's like literally that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's an accident. Yeah, like you should you should just like um your intuition obviously should tell you I, I i should just do everything because you never know what's gonna
3: happen that's true i that's why i will literally say yes to anything um great and because that's why i've why you're been here. writing a
0: musical that i want <laughs> to pitch you Corey.
3: perfect
0: <laughs> um, i know it's i mean but you know you think about like all the bad things like the like nerds not going and then you you never know you what never that know. thing is going to be like yeah. you and i just talked about on your podcast, about how doing, you know, a web series that I wrote, you would never know that maybe one day that would be the springboard to yeah. something like Hollywood Darlings. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it's always a, a lesson, and you got to sometimes just enjoy the horrible things, too. Yeah. You know?
3: Yeah, enjoy the ride, and um, y- 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 you can't connect the dots forward you can only connect them backwards right 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 and say like oh yeah clearly the reason that i'm where i am is because i played richie cunningham in happy days the musical and, <laughs> and almost we, got gas. Well,
2: it's clear that that's why you're a star
3: that's that like my story is definitely that is the most important part how of did
2: it. you meet your husband
3: we were set up uh when i was doing happy days the musical um are you serious
2: it's I'm, all happy days i'm telling you
3: it, no it
0: Everything stems I'm from Gary Marshall. Absolutely,
3: everything in my life stems from Gary Marshall and Happy Days. Yeah. Yes, um, it is. It, it, this is what happened: is i I'd, I'd been working on it for like four years at the at, at uh, and by 2008, it had been like three or four years, and I moved to New York. It was
0: the most steady employment of, of yeah. theater in Los Angeles. Oh
3: yeah, there was. A, we worked on it for a couple years here, and then I moved to New York, did spelling bee, Right. Hey. and then it came. By the way, to New York. I know
2: is it, it, Spelling Bee with the song Erection? Yes. Okay, so I did a musical theater class.
3: My Unfortunate Erection.
1: Time.
2: Yeah, My Unfortunate Erection. And I did that. By the way, that's fucking high, that shit. Yeah. Um, um, so, I, yeah, I did that song, but it was so much fun. That, it's that such beautiful. a good show. So,
3: oh, yeah, yeah. It's a great genius. No, I, I, what, what happened yeah. was that I, I was living in Los Angeles, saw, saw that in previews, and saw Jesse Tyler Ferguson play Coney Bear in previews, and uh, Dan. Uh, Fogler play William Barfay and I was like well I have to move to New York immediately because this is so fantastic and I want to be a part of something yeah Yeah. I was like this is this is you know where I need to be and I literally left that preview of that show and called up my college roommate Josh Gad and I said you have to hear and see this show called Spelling Bee. It's about to open on Broadway. There's a guy named Dan Fogler in it who's going to win a Tony, Mm -hmm. and you're the only human being on the planet who can replace him. And he did. He replaced him like a year later. Wow. And uh, Josh still hasn't paid me a dime of commission. (laughs) Um but stop it. It's true. He's he's just terrible to me. Um <laughs> but but it, it was this crazy thing where Josh and I were in that show together and and then um, I I moved to New York and get Spelling Bee. Um and that was my first Broadway show and then we were in Mormon together. Yeah. So we did both That's of those. So shows. Weird. It's very strange. All as a accidents.
0: Kid, as on ice next? Frozen on ice. Yes, yes. Aren't you both performing that?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Theo said a yeah, but I have a...
0: Oh, my God. A, Are you still drinking?
2: Yeah, I'm having another drink. All I have right. A tab, I have a tab at the bar. Do you Yeah, do you mind? Thanks.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, he I has a tab, a tab at the call bar. Call yeah. I think you need to be cut off. Can they hear me?
2: No, I'm in Chicago. But people drink here. There's guns.
0: Okay. <laughs>
3: guns and alcohol. That's um, Chicago. Listen to me.
2: My question for you, Rory, honestly, like training-wise... Like, what was your like? Did you where did you go to school? What did you?
3: I went to Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh. Uh, and I oh, went, so
2: you went to major to music or what?
3: I went, I actually didn't audition for any musical theater schools, um, because I couldn't dance. And I thought, well, I'm not going to go to musical theater school. I'm not a dancer. I'll just learn how to act and sing on top of that and see what happens. You're a mover. I'm a mover for God's sakes. Well, <laughs> uh, I got to Carnegie Mellon. <laughs> And I started studying voice with a teacher privately on, uh, from the musical theater department, and she had another student who was in my class who was in musical theater and acting, and his name was Josh Groban. And oh, shut yeah. up, yeah. And so he left uh, school in our first semester. Don't know what ever happened to that guy.
0: Yeah, um, huh. probably in a gutter.
3: Yeah, probably with my manager in New York. Yeah, <laughs> starving. York. Um, so. I ended up taking his spot in the musical theater program after he left. Wow! And was forced to take dance classes, including tap, which I was terrible at and got a D. I
2: hated tap too because I went to musical theater school too. Yeah, and that's the one class I hated was
3: tap. Oh, I got a D, D, <laughs> the worst grade I've ever gotten. And uh, so the day when I was remember I was doing all those musical theater or falap, falap, falap ball flat, change, falap ball, flat, ball flat, change, falap yeah no it's it's maddening it's really hard and the day that um the south park guys told me at one of the end of our readings that they were going to turn turn it off into a tap Tap number number. (laughs) they said uh so do you tap and i was like yes i am basically saving on glover i am a total tapper who i worked with by the way oh wow yeah no he's the best um and I, I'm just gonna
0: I, get a broom and sweep up all the names you're dropping over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, that's what I do, sweetheart. Just get <laughs> over it. <laughs> get this man another vodka tonic. Um,
2: you know, it's soda. So sorry.
3: Lime. I am so yeah. sorry. This is why I didn't keep my job as bartender. I could never keep yeah, the drinks straight. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so then uh, I ended up tap dancing on a Broadway God. stage, and the only reason I could do it Thank is you. because Josh Grobin became a star. Right. If you think about it. God, another that's accident. Another, another day of accident. accident. I have no idea why I have work. Like <laughs> everything I will about tell my you why. is a mistake.
0: No, I'll tell you why. Because you A have a beautiful voice. Thank you. And B, you're very funny. And C you look like apple pie. You do. Yeah, that's what. You are influenced. as American as apple <laughs> yeah. pie. You I mean, are Richie
2: Cunningham. Sense you're Richie Cunningham. It makes sense that you play but it. I also, like,
3: somebody... literally look like apple pie. Like, <laughs> you're Delicious saying it as, and warm and as a metaphor, but no. actually. That's what I look like.
0: No, but, you know, in every musical, <laughs> right. in every great musical, there has to be – there's always a role for an upstanding, sort of, you know, clean-cut, like, yeah. nice-looking young man, Yeah, you know, who's yeah. earnest. And- uh, and in- well,
2: Rory, you're, you're at the point where the accident's like, you could literally accidentally shit your pants and you get a job out of it.
0: No, he'd win a well. Tony. This is what we're
2: hoping yeah. for. Yeah.
3: maybe I yeah. need to shoot yeah. for better accidents and mistakes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So I want to just go back a little bit to uh, when you were living in LA and you know starving on the streets. Um, there was a, there's a, a story that I was wondering if you wanted to tell yeah. about you and your roommates and how you know oh kind of before all the Broadway before yeah, you this went is back wor- in worst
3: concert ever worst concert right. ever. So hey I, guys,
2: before you get in this story,
3: yeah, because I love you both.
2: I hate to do this my phone is literally gonna die. Okay. So I'm going to head out okay. and enjoy right. the Chicago. Peace. You've heard this That one. was
0: that was your great exit. That's well, it.
2: I'm just, I'm just letting you know that's what's happening. That's okay.
0: the truth. No, okay, that's and fine. And this is right.
2: it, it, maybe this accident will lead me to some show in Chicago that I'll get.
3: Or may, probably it'll lead me a to some show. A better podcast.
0: It'll probably Chicago lead you to pepper. your fourth vodka may, soda, which may, is really uh, maybe an I'll issue. a pod saves
3: America or something. <laughs> 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 mm. Lovely. All right.
0: It's been real, my but friend.
3: Nice talking with you. Real. Avoid the guns. Thanks, Rory. T-
2: tell that story.
3: I will. Bye. Goodbye. Bye, Steven. Bye. Um I I know he knows this story, so I know he was like, "Oh yeah, I heard that one before." Bye. <laughs> <Give me the laughs>
0: That's <bar."> what really <laughs>
3: happened. Yeah. Um so uh but basically, it's just a good actor waiter story because I was a actor waiter with all my friends in Koreatown and we loved the band Modest Mouse. Because, we didn't? Yeah, because it was 2000 and something and, um, and we were waiters and they had that song float on mm-hmm. every, you know, we'll all float on. Okay. And it like inspired us. So I bought all my roommates, my two roommates, uh, tickets to go see them at the Wiltern down the street from our apartment. And we got completely wasted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And ended up. Going you working
0: to the- at Timmy's at this time?
3: No. Okay. No, this was this was pre Timmy's. I, I think I was. I don't know which job I had at that time, <laughs> okay. which is clearly why it didn't last. It did right. not last that job, whatever it was. So we went to the Will Turn to see Modest Mouse, and we were so drunk we pushed our way all the way to the front of the crowd. Our seats were, I think, in the balcony, and somehow we pushed our way all the way to the front like of the, the mosh stage. Bit. Yeah. Well, there was no mosh pit because they were all stoned out of their minds and we right. were drunk. Right. So we try to start a mosh pit, literally, at a modest mouse, an indie band, chill stoner band crowd. And everyone's like not having it. They're all from they're like kids from Orange County whose right. parents dropped them off. And we're like raging partiers. And about four songs in, after not having said one word, the lead singer of Modest Mouse points at us and says if you're just gonna act like drunk assholes why don't you just leave <laughs> and the entire will turn breaks out into applause and screaming and like it's like pitchforks and they're like chasing us out <laughs> we run out of the will turn we were chased out by modest mouse fans and the lead singer and I was so mad because I spent all that money yeah. on those tickets. So,
0: And you didn't even get, I mean, We didn't even anthem. get to float
3: on. No. We didn't even get to hear float on the song. So I decide, my roommates go back to keep drinking at the house. And I decide I'm going to wait for the lead singer and give him a piece of my mind. Because that always works. Because what he needs to, he just doesn't realize what he's done.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: So I wait for him an hour after the show outside the stage door. And he finally comes out and I'm like really going to tell him off, but I'm from Ohio. So he walks past me and I go, good job. (laughs) And he like looks at me and he keeps walking and then he goes into the Ralph's next door, the grocery store next door. And I follow him into the grocery store.
0: Cause you're like, all right, I got to really, I was
3: like, I, I I didn't do it. That didn't seem to really make him understand how upset I am when I told him he did a good job. Yeah. So I I follow him and I get in line and uh, I grab a box of Franzia and he he's in line first. <laughs> it's there's, there's only one line. It's one a.m. Right. So it's him, then a guy with all of his groceries. They does older all his man. Gro- an older man does all his grocery shopping after midnight, okay. and then me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna tell this guy off. You know, when I after I buy this box of Franzia. I'll tell him and. Uh, the guy with all the groceries says to me, oh, do you only have that box of Franzia? Why don't you go ahead? I was like, thank you, kind sir. I go in front of the guy with all the groceries and Mr. Modest Mouse turns to me and says, did you just cut in line in front of that guy to be closer to me? Oh, because he—I you know, was the one who told him, "Good job." I was like, "No, I did not, Mister Modest Mouse." Excuse me, <laughs> sir. And I'm like, "Did you? Did I cut in front of you, or did you let me go in front of you?" And the guy's like, "I told you to go." I was like, "Thank you, thank you. Mind your own business, Mister Modest Mouse." <laughs> and Mister Modest Mouse says, uh, "I'd like Marlboro Lights." And that's when I was like, my drunk thinking. I was like, you know what? I know how to get this guy back. And I go, I'll be paying for those cigarettes, and he's like, dude. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, that's the opposite of getting him back. But the opposite
0: of telling him, yeah. And I and
3: and he was like, dude, you you not have to buy me the cigarettes. Don't buy me cigarettes. And I was like, no, I am buying you these cigarettes. And you know when you're drunk and you're thinking like, this is
0: this is is the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And I was like, I'm buying you those cigarettes. And he goes, no, no, dude. I was like, this is my Ralph's, buddy. This is my store. And he goes, okay. I said, do you have a discount card? Because I do. I don't think so. These cigarettes are being bought by me. And he's like, all right. And he goes, two cartons of Marlboro Lights, please.
0: (laughs) Which is like
3: way more than I made in a shift. Oh, yeah. At wherever place I was fired from at that time. And uh, I bought the lead singer of Modest Mouse who kicked me out of his concert that night two cartons of Marlboro Lights.
0: To tell him off. To
3: tell him off. But I say that I think in my way I did get him back because I don't know if he knows this, but smoking is terrible for you. Terrible. It's so bad for you. and. I think he's going to go, have Rory. some trouble down That the was line. like
0: passive, passive mm. I'm
3: psychology. I'm playing the long game, Aggressive. Christine. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the long game.
0: No, definitely. Yeah. Definitely.
3: <laughs> Take that, Mr. Modest Mouse. But yeah, that was my worst concert ever. Oh,
0: God. I feel like it's more maybe of a worst worse telling off. It's the worst yeah, tell off ever. True. It's that's just really true. awful on several true. levels.
3: That's, that's how a Midwesterner really gets oh, back. Oh, God.
0: You'll always be apple pie to me. See, that's it. It always comes back to that.
3: I'm not going to have a headshot anymore when I go on auditions. I'm just going to give pictures of apple pie. There
0: you go. There you go. That's my career. Rory, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's thank such a pleasure and such a delight to have you I here. I adore
3: you and I'm so happy to be on this podcast and
0: Tell uh, can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'm on Twitter at Rory O'Malley. I'm on Instagram at Mr. Rory O'Malley because I'm more formal on Instagram, yeah, I guess. Totally. Um, and, uh, yeah, on, on Facebook as well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm always tweeting about Hamilton musicals. Uh,
0: and you have a lot of other Broadway stars. If you're a Broadway fan, you'd want to check yes, out your podcast. my
3: podcast. Wonderful. You're, you should be my PR person. No problem. Um, yeah, I have a, I have a podcast called Living the Dream. And I talk to a lot of folks in theater and in show business about the ups and downs of the business and uh, their crazy stories about how they got to where they are. That's awesome.
0: Um, and you can also see if you're in the San Francisco area, you can see Rory
3: playing yes, the king right the king now and in, Hamilton. in Hamilton
0: and then you'll be coming to Los Angeles
3: yes I'll be in Los Angeles starting in August and here till the end of the year
0: at the Pantages make sure Pantages. you got your tickets already because there was yeah. a line around the block yeah it's crazy yeah. thank you so much for being here thanks for having um, me we will be back next week with an all new podcast so make sure you guys check it out you can subscribe to us that would be awesome thanks guys for listening I'll see you next week bye Big thanks to Rory O'Malley for that awesome interview. And you can find Rory on Twitter at Rory O'Malley or on Instagram at Mr. Rory O'Malley. I think he's a little more formal on Instagram. So um, you can find me as always at Yo Lakin. Yo Lakin on all social media.
1: And me at Alec Led. I don't, what's my Instagram?
0: Oh my God, <laughs> we have literally got to sit down and have like a lesson about things. I
1: don't. Yeah, I don't. Know if it. you
0: post one more GD um, video or picture of me without makeup on, I'm going to sue you.
1: Okay. Um, anyways, what is my Instagram?
0: I literally don't know. Is it is
1: Alec Led. Yeah, I'm at Ale- Alec all the way around. I don't follow you. Okay.
0: And. Uh, Check out Stephen Ray Morris at Stephen Ray Morris, our amazing producer and engineer. If you have anything you would like to share with us, um, maybe a story um, or a worst, you know, tale that happened to you, you can email us at worsteverpodcast at gmail.com. And you never know, we might call you, talk to you about it on air or maybe even um, read your story on the air. So
1: and you can follow us on Twitter at worsteverpc
0: or on Instagram at worsteverpodcast. (laughs) Whatever. Bye.
1: Bye.